You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow with Viv Governor from Rand Swiss and also David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities. David, for once, I'm going to start with you. I just want to look at a couple of uh, sets of results. When I say a couple, I mean four. Coronation, Data Tech, Alex Forbes and mm. HCI. Any of those catch your eye? <laughs> Uh, coronation. Yes. I just, uh, it's, what can they do? I think what I looked at is outside of the claim, outside of the tax claim, and mm. they were still down, which I think is not out of line with what we saw with, um, in, in with 91. I think it's been a tough year for asset managers. And it's not surprising that uh, the numbers were down. Funny enough, the share price was up, but it's it's coming off a very low base. This this bounce of five percent. Um, it's, it's a good business. I don't. I have nothing bad to say about any of the uh, any of the chaps there. It's mm. um, but but this was a, you know this this you know you know you know what I wanted to do, Lindsay, and I, I actually took out a list for you on our conversation yesterday. Oh, yes. And I was looking at performances. Just just I, I, I'm I'm divulging a little bit. Oh, no, thank you just, for doing uh, that. Yeah. Anyway, go on. But, but um, I was just looking at Coronation and saying, okay, what happens if you would have bought them five years? And I worked on um, I worked on on total return. And uh, just looking for my for my numbers here, but I did a whole. I took out the yes. If you'd bought them five years ago on a total return, you're actually down twenty eight point seven percent or six and a half percent per annum. You know that's why I said that is that you know we we tend to sit here and 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 talk each day about how wonderful companies are, how wonderful yeah. South African companies are. And this is an investment. I'm not knocking management or anything but you know if you would have bought it five years ago in rand terms i haven't even done dollars you know you're down 20 28.7 percent and down six or oh, that translates to six and a half and that's total return that's with the dividends eh? so uh i'm saying it's 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 been a tough tough time for these businesses and it's a tough time for the for the pension funds that buy into them you know, but, but what do you do now Viv, i want to bring you in on, on this one because yeah. you have a look at you Viv, if you have a look at the market and you say to yourself okay well you've got a company like 91 or coronation or old mutual whatever are they a proxy for the all share of the jse or are they a, a proxy for the msci combined with the jse securities exchange what do you do i mean the if you if you buy a coronation or a, a 91 or whatever it is Alan Gray, you get you, you, you get a you, you get some kind of dividend or, or whatever. But do you go for the market itself with a with a passive um, fund or something, or do you go for the company itself? Viv, I'm, I'm being a little bit I, I, I'm clumsy with my question, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I, I think. What you're yeah. Look, I, I generally view most financial companies as being proxies for the country's GDP. Quite frankly for the economic activity happening in there. Because it's not just about the stock market, it's also about whether or not people are putting money in and not, you know what I mean? Uh, so the banks and the, uh, and, and also I view them as a geared play on GDP. Uh, that's my that's my thing. Of course, with individual like, you know, investors, you know, obviously there's, there's stuff that happens in between there, but uh, you know, it doesn't matter about how much money you make, uh, how much money you lose, if the money is coming in from, you know, people because they are, you know, have money to save and they need to save it up and the market's just basically where they have to go to, you'll do reasonably well. Uh, if on the other hand, you know, the market's doing reasonably well, but people are just withdrawing because they have no money and there's, you know, there's all these massive withdrawals coming through, you're going to do quite badly. So I, I kind of view 
both the banks and kind of like the insurers and those guys as pretty much proxies for the South African economy. Yes. And, you know, looking at what the world looks like right now, <laughs> you can understand why yeah. I'd stay away from them. Yeah. David, do you agree? I mean, would you, would you buy the market no, go through, I, through no, a, a Satrix fact, product I, or something? Okay. Or do you, buy, do you buy the company that invests in, in, the, in the companies that are part of the Satrix, for example? No. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd just be very, very careful of them, that's all. And I think they're, as Viv said, this is just nothing more than a, a, a proxy for, the, for GDP, for what's been having, happening here. But if I went through this list, Lindsay, if Please I went do. through this list, Please I, go just the list. 30, it's fascinating. I just took 30 companies yeah. and uh, made, I, did, I avoided the nice passes and I avoided British American tobacco, anything of that nature, which is a RAND, not a RAND hedge, but which is an international company. I just looked at some of our businesses and, you know, I was looking at something like CAP or CAP, I call it CAP. Yes, I do you too. Know, five years ago, you're down 63%. You're down 18% per annum. Now, why why do these things? Pick and pay you down forty nine percent or twelve and a half percent per annum, and so on. Mr. Price down forty percent and nine and a half percent per annum, and uh, even the yeah, I took Growth Point. Okay, he has a property company with all its you know with all its uh, payments, its uh, dividends or interest down thirty percent or six point nine percent per annum. You know, so you have underperformed cash by a huge amount. Why I say that is that. Um, a number of companies, these businesses are bought by, um, you know, by pension funds, by provident funds. They're exposed to these businesses. You know, and I've been, I've, I've always said it's responsibility, our responsibility, this responsibility, my responsibility to make sure that we protect the investments and the, uh, um, the savings that clients give us. And you've got to find the best place to put that. And you've got, to, you've got to make sure. You know, you can't be frivolous about it and say, oh, these are great companies. You know, that's why I'm saying coronation. We say, oh, yeah, this is a great company. It is. But, but if you bought it, you, you've lost a lot of money. Okay. And, and, and you prompted me to do this. You know, you, what I'm saying is you prompted me to do it. And I think the outcome, the results were a lot worse than I thought. Well, then maybe we should, we should make something of this with, 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 mm. a, with a podcast, with a program, whatever it is. The, the other thing I want to say, Viv, is that we spoke, um, Dave, David and I yesterday, about um, there, was a, there was an article which was sponsored. It was, uh, it was a promotional article. I think it was in the Business, Business Day Live or something like that by a fellow by the name of John Bickard from 91 incredibly successful fund manager he sits and he sits and he sits and eventually uh, what what he sits on uh, does well that's been his uh, that's been his forte um, and there was an article in this, this particular publication which said that when there was ramaphoria everyone plowed themselves into south african stocks and he said to he said in the article that he didn't do that. And now everyone's getting out of South African stocks because of the opposite of Ramaphoria. That he he's now maybe I don't know I didn't read the full article, but the suggestion is that he's having a look at them again and saying that you should be buying them because everyone's against them at the moment. What would you say to that, Viv? Yeah, look, I mean. I I, I do this common uh, those statement to clients here, and I say. Uh, as an analogy, the only way you know you're going to die is because you've seen other people that have died. Actually, <laughs> if the one that looked like you and acted like you died, you might think you might be immortal. You know what I mean? If you were born in a world where no one has died yet, you might think you'll live forever. And, you know, South Africa thus far has never died. It's never gone through the, the 
total like you know collapse of the economy but you look around the world there's many countries where there's not been true you know what i mean mm-hmm. if you look at at uh, at uh, you know the it was the especially the south american countries which is what i would compare ourselves to most was closely uh you know places like you know brazil and so on because they have the same kind of mix that we do you know the the, the inequality the uh you know the this the uh, bifurcation of the economy between the very poor and the rather wealthy etc cetera, etc cetera. you have these problems and they continually they crop up year after year and it's and and you've had many periods where yeah it, it doesn't actually help you to stick around and be in that economy for 20 30 years because maybe one day it the, it, the brazilian economy recovers but it may be 30 de- 3 decades sorry or 30 years after you started investing in it you know what i mean uh and that's the thing i think that's the problem with south africa is that we are functionally very different from places in europe and you know north america and so on and we are into the point where we are we are almost in this kind of like i think south american kind of uh, situation where we probably are going to have you know multiple decades until the political situation gets resolved in this country uh where we are going to be underperforming uh, and so yeah it, it may have been the past that's true that you just buy in your hole uh but you know there's plenty of places around the world i can point to that are quite similar to south africa where that has not been a smart strategy That's very interesting. I mean, what is a smart strategy? Oh, we'll come to that later on, actually, because I, I've got a, 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 a sort of esoteric um, a question for both of you about heart versus head. Uh, but what I want to do now is let's get down to the the, the basics and have a look at uh, of what's going on on the markets today. Because it hasn't been a great day, I have to say, and that will lead to my question later on for both of you. And I'm looking now at oh goodness me. Um, it's getting worse and worse. Um, let's start with the with the currencies. We have got the dollar rand, not bad. Dollar rand, um, 1921. Uh, British pound against the rand, uh, 2386. Euro rand is 2070. Euro dollar, 10780, um, which is a euro which is about 0.3% weaker. Uh, British pound, 12425. Uh, if you look at the commodity prices, Yeah, the gold price, goodness me, hasn't had a great few days, has it? It's 1968 now, down $7 an ounce. The platinum price is down 5 to 1066 and the palladium price is down $37 per ounce to 1457. If you look at other commodities, uh, the really important ones, yeah, they 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 they're doing better. Brent crude oil $77.22 at 1.6%. Uh, West Texas $73.17 also up 1.6%. Natural gas prices down a third. Um what else have we got here? Coal prices up 2%, steel down 1 and 3 quarters, iron ore down half a percent to 102.50 I think it is. And so it goes on. All important 10-year yields now. Yeah, this is quite big in the states. It's yes, 3.75% for the US 10-year. and the south african 10 year yeah it's not great it's 11.24% and people were telling me when it was 9.5% this is the biggest buy in the world you've got to buy in other words you're predicting that you, you, the yield I, yeah. goes lower david you want to say something i can sense that I, tell I, me you really the, the the generic 10 year bond which is a 2032s i've got them at 1180 oh okay I've just got the oh, South African fine. 10 year bond yield on investing.com which is what I look at. Oh no. But this yeah, is, so you're looking at something 1180, different. It's 1180 which is broken through. Mm. The December we had peaks in December, um October and that you know where it went up to 11 and a half. It's just gone right through. 
So, um, you know, that, that's a concern, but it's not reflected in the RAND. So the rates have just kind of spiked upwards. Um, just, you know, when, when, when I looked at it this morning and I thought it might come back a bit, it did slightly, yeah. but it's still very, very weak. Yeah, I think I think it's the, the bank. The, the, the rates announcement on Thursday. I think there's yeah. there is a, a minority opinion that we might hit seventy five. Um, oh I think that uh, yeah, like like I think people are saying twenty five and fifty. But I think that uh, given what's happened over the last say two weeks, which is obviously nothing to do with the economy of the country, but just to get like you know the narrative under control and try and break us through that nineteen level. Uh, which I think this is the kind of uh, Reserve Bank governor, but I might think in that way, you know, be more aggressive for now and try and get us back on track. Uh, because he knows, I mean, if we keep the round at 1950 and 1920 in that range, uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a real problem, you know what I mean? So he's probably going to try and, like, you know, do a shock move. Oh, not do, I mean, this is the, I'm not saying not expect, but if you face... You know, what, you know what, Viv? Remember last time he put the rates up and the rate was yeah. like 1820 or 1830 and it went down yeah. to 18. Or something. We thought, okay, that's what he wanted to do. I got clients that are 1790, and people are saying, what do we have for 1750? And now they are. It's nothing, but you do well. So no words at all. But don't you find find both of you that when everyone says, well, they're going to put rates up, that means the RAND must rally, it goes in the opposite direction. You get an an immediate rally, and then people say, Mm. well, that's going to crimp the economy. So therefore, we've got to get out of the RAND, and the RAND goes weaker. It it seems to me that there is an asymmetric metrical sort of relationship between interest rates going up from the Reserve Bank and the RAND doing its thing. Uh, in, in the States, you, you know, you raise interest rates, the, 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 the dollar goes a little bit higher or stabilizes or something. In South Africa, not the case at all. So what do you do now? I mean, I can't believe it. The, the, the US 10-year that I look at, not the one that David looks at, is 11.20 plus. That is an extraordinary yield compared to yeah. you know the the uh, the the Bundes the 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 German yeah. Bund etc. What do you do with this now, David? I mean, you're not a bond investor; you're an equity investor. But if you had to invest That's in boring. bonds, would you look at the yeah. uh, would you look at the South African ten year? I, I you know I'm I'm just worried that we always say um, this is a cyclic hill, it will come back. It can come back. You know, you get a commodity boom, you get better views in the market. But structurally, I, you know, I just look outside and I know what we're going through. And I'm saying hmm. we're going through a very tough situation here. Um, I think, I think the, you know, and, and, I, and I'm quoting the results that we've seen. I quote Astral, you know, where – uh, they spend over 800 million or 700. I don't know what the exact figure is. That you know, CEO on, was very cross, wasn't he? I mean, I, I, I've yes, only read the, yes. the, the results this morning, the day no, after the but, results came out. But he was really, really angry with the government and the load shedding, I think, David. Yeah, but it will go through. You know, it's, look, the results we had today are not companies that are affected by it. Uh, maybe uh, uh, multi-choice had a, an investment day, but Coronation, we know the issues, mm. you know, uh, Bytes and Datatech and HCI, they're not really companies that would disclose any kind of issues around um, the load shedding. You know, they're, they're outside of the country and or HCI is mainly related to tourism or to, you know, to the recovery there. But um, where they've been operating companies, uh, operational companies, They've been really, really hurt by, um, you know, by, by load shedding. So I, I'm, I'm worried there is a structural defect in the RAND. You know, there is some structural weakness here. 
And I know we're all expecting it to go back to 1750 or what they say, oh, fair no. value is 1650. No, mm. I, I just think this is going to take a bit longer. And we've got winter ahead. And <laughs> we had a cold day today. It was, it was, it was hard. <laughs> have, have, have you been cold today? Uh, I have a child. So I basically, I'm going through a 9 kg, uh, <laughs> like, you know, a pin of gas, basically every five or six, seven days. Yeah, so I, I'm blasting the thing on full heat. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you, um, look, it, it, it's you a see, strong it's, enough, you can carry it. You know, at my age, to carry those 9 kg things up the up the stairs is a bit of a, it, it, it kills my back, you know. <laughs> No, 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 no. Get them delivered, David. I mean, uh, the, the one that killed me is that 25 kg water you've got to carry. Uh, because that, that, that is the, uh, because that, uh, we didn't even mention that corona outbreak. Come on. Uh, so uh, it, it, the water is actually, uh, you know, Blinz, uh, you may not know this, but a couple of people have died recently from cholera in South Africa. Yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah. 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 You can't drink the water. Mm. Yeah. You can't trust the water. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would be very, uh, you know, um, yeah. The the, uh, the the issues we have here. I mean, look, we even had a recent I can't remember the name of some Chrome company was talking about the fact that they are now transporting, you know, majority of their stuff via rail. They do it via rail by via basically uh, trucking now. I've seen some farming guys says they they kind of used to be in a few years ago eighty twenty rail versus uh, truck now is the opposite thirty seventy effectively truck versus rail in terms of transporting their goods. Uh, you know, the infrastructure in the country is under massive pressure right now. And that's one of the reasons that I would say that, you know, look, I mean, these things do recover. And I've, I've been really depressed looking at history, right? And, I've, and this is something I think that people don't understand is that when people talk about the Asian tigers, they talk about places like South Korea, Taiwan, Japan, you know, those kind of countries. Um, and you think, oh, these are just the normal of how it happens. Like in, you get your country right and you have this massive growth rate. But you look at the countries that have really done well, you know, those kind of Asian tiger countries. Uh, the Japan's, Korea's, Taiwan's were effectively all supervised by the Americans. You know what I mean? You couldn't have the craziness we have in South Africa in a place like that there because the Americans who had bases in those countries who, you know, very strong links, materiality, et cetera, would not let that happen. Most countries like in India, like, you know, even in China, you look at around the world, you know, after you have that change of government, the revolution, whatever, the new like, the regime comes into place, it often is like 40 or 50 years before you have a chance a chance of recovering. Many places don't even do it after 40 or 50 years, but those that do, like the Chinas, the Indians and so on, it took them like, you know, five decades, four decades from the time of independence before they basically got the action order. And that is really scary when you look at it. Well, it's very scary when you talk about that because if I look at the Nikkei, the Nikkei Dow, for example, and, and David, I bring you in on this one because you're a stats man. I seem to remember when I first came into the financial markets that the Tokyo market was an incredible place to be and you could buy a one-bedroom department in, in, in Tokyo for, for two million or, or something ridiculous and then it just plunged and it's never ever recovered. Are we seeing the same sort of thing in South Africa? Two very different economies uh, applying their trades in very, very different ways. But do you think nah. that South Africa is going to be the same? I mean, that list that I asked you to casually to, nah. to get together, which you've done, and we'll, we'll speak about it in a more detailed podcast in, in days to come. But do you think that the, these companies will be like the, the Japanese story? In other words, it's going to take decades no. for them to start to recover? I, I, I don't think, you know, that, that, that was a, 
there was overspeculation in Japan. I mean, yes. uh, we had the zombie banks where there was huge borrowing, huge development, and uh, the Japanese government did not want to recognize or to put any kind of pressure mm. on the businesses. And uh, at the end of the day, the banks had, you know, huge bad debts, which they didn't really write off. They left them on their books, but they had no liquidity in which to continue to spend. And, and this took 30 years. It's taken us 30 years to get back. Yeah. But I think Japan has always been a strong nation, a very disciplined nation. This is, you know, the electricity worked, the water worked, everything like that. All the institutions worked. It was just uh, almost like uh, the Internet bubble. It was something akin to that. This is structural. Things are falling apart here, Lindsay. That's my worry. Uh, when you haven't got basic water, as, as Viv says, and, and people are dying of cholera, Gosh. Uh, when, mm. you're, you know, when you haven't got electricity, you know, we're out. I mean, today I'll be out for six hours. Uh, that's a long time. And when you haven't got those kind of things, then it's a different kind of, uh, you know, problem. It is a different problem. And also there's demographics. Again, Viv, I'll briefly bring you in on this one. But demographics in Japan versus South Africa are very, very different. I mean, I'm only bringing in Japan because it was when I first started in the markets, you know, everyone wanted to be in the Nikkei. And and then, of course, it, 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 it plunged. And what was that bank that went under um, uh, that, that, that English bank? Uh, British Bank. Uh, there was a film with Ewan McGregor in it. I can't remember the name of the bank. Anyway, it was, was a bank. Bearings, the, what's that? It wasn't Bearings. Bearings. Bearings, Bearings Bank. Yeah, exactly. it was. It was. Yeah. A, it was quite a cool film. Uh, anyway, um, but anyway, the, the the difference between South Africa and uh, and Japan is the is that is the 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 culture of 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 the people and the type of mm. economies that um, uh, compete against each other, but also the demographics. I mean, Japan is, is, is an aging population. They don't, mm. they don't breed anymore, whereas in South Africa, we do. And it, in a yeah. way, it, 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 it can be a bad thing. I mean, you can say, well, we've got this great uh, um, uh, uh, exploding um, population that's going to uh, buy fast-moving consumable goods and that sort of thing, whereas in Japan, they don't. And that's why inflation's so long. So it's a different thing. But in a way, it's the huh? same. Viv, I've been rambling on a, a, a bit, but are yeah. there parallels? <laughs> Now, if you've got a point that I'll, I'll give you like a minute to talk about it. I'll, I'll talk yes, about the demographic stuff. Okay, first is, yes, Africa, very different, increasing population, Japan decreasing. The Japanese people themselves are doing reasonably well. I mean, think of it this way. Japan is the only large, uh, you know, uh, developed economy in the entire world that has not had a populist revolution. You look at the UK, look at the US, look at uh, Europe or something close to like you know, a rising populist sector. There's no huge populist you know, uprising in Japan because they kind of make the average people comfortable. You don't have, for instance, the uh, Brexit effect or the Trump effect or the Marine Le Pen kind of rising up or the Maloney in like, you know, Italy. It, it, it kind of has, has skipped Japan. Okay, uh, and I think that's because they've actually had that, uh, that stability. They, they, uh, someone referred to it as a golden recession. Where you you have like you know even though, yes they are great fast they they're kind of falling behind the rest of the world but they're kind of doing it in a way that makes the people reasonably comfortable right. and they they aren't the problem. But speaking of demographics, I don't know if you saw this FT article from a few days ago. Uh, I think it was like about a week or two ago uh, about demographics. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that rising demo, uh, you know, uh, decreasing uh, birth rates are going to cause I think around about half the countries in the world to mm. lose the investment grade in a few decades' time. 
because what's going to happen is that these countries are going to have these rising elderly populations. And I think at the moment, uh, about 40% of the U.S. budget goes towards people over the age of 65. Yeah. Okay, those people, those numbers are going to increase over time. And there's only a couple of things you can do. You either can basically uh, increase taxes, pay the elderly less, or have a massive boost up in technology uh, that causes productivity to rise. Okay, ho- hopefully AI does that. Yeah. But taking up AI stuff here, you can't take away money from the old people because they are older, they vote. You know what I mean? <laughs> As the old people vote on a far higher percentage than young people. So it's impossible for a democracy to take away stuff from old people. Generally, they, they get more and more stuff over time, okay? And rising taxes, I mean, already in, like, the West, you have, like, even in the U.S., you have several states that have more than a 50% tax rate as the highest level. I mean, what happens if you push that to, like, 65 70%? You can't tax beyond a certain point before you actually start decreasing the growth of the country significantly. So the demographic issue is actually something that in a couple of decades' time, you know, is going to be a huge issue globally. Uh, and, and strangely enough, you know, um, you may not know this, but Africa is the only place on earth, literally the only place on earth that has significantly rising populations. Mm-hmm. Even places that you think of like India mm-hmm. or like uh, South America and so on. No, uh, India is already basically, uh, most of the southern states have already hit peak uh, population. They're going to be declining. They have below fertility, uh, total fertility, replacement fertility rates. Europe, as everyone knows, is way below, uh, you know, that there. The U.S. is only, you know, has a rising population because of uh, immigration. Um, and, you know, where you, people can immigrate from, there's everyone in the world is losing people, you know, eventually that even, that even drops off. And so, yeah, this is going to be a major issue in a couple of decades' time. The fact that we have too many old people, massive impacts on credit rating. You know, we need some kind of massive uh, technological improvement to save us. That's the only thing. Well, Viv, you know, you're, you're, you're backing the trend because you've had a young one quite recently, haven't you? You've been breeding. How many more can I have? You know what I mean? It, it, my, my father was one of 13. My mother was one of 12. No, don't talk. No, 13? <laughs> really? You know what I mean? God. Yeah. So one of 13, one of 12. Then basically they had two. And now I have one. I mean, you don't necessarily have no kids. But I mean, you, look, you go back a couple of generations in your family as well. People generations. You, you, you are one of dozens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, how many people? That's interesting. You're quite yeah. right. My, my father was one of 12. Um, I'm yeah. one of six. And I spoke to my daughter the other day and said, you know, I was teasing her. I said, yeah, no, come on, where, where, where's my grandchild? Trust me, I don't want a grandchild. Uh, I mean, it'll be lovely to, you know, to look, look after it for a yeah. weekend. Uh, but she said, not a chance, Dad. She says, she says no, no, she, she's 26 or something. I don't know what she is. She, 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 she's mid-20s. My son's 29. I, I spoke to him and he just said, no, 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 please. So they're, they're not, yeah. young people are not uh, breeding anymore. It's it's simple, yeah. and that has huge implications for the industries that you are both in. In other words, managing people's money, because the people that you are managing money for are getting older and have different needs and aspirations and risk profiles, don't you think, David? Yeah, and how? And uh, But you know what, what I was going to bring up? It's China as well, and China, remember, had the, the one-person, one-baby policy, yeah. and even now they've encouraged it's not working. So countries like, uh, even like China, are, uh, are going to face huge kinds of issues. And, I mean, it's interesting to listen to the conversation. I mean, yeah. from your demographics, you know, from, from where you came from and, and, uh, and, you know, how many kids are now, you know, how many kids um, 
people are having. I think women now do not want to stay home and breed, and I use that in a in a <laughs> historical sense. It's, they don't want they you know they they part. I look at the Standard Bank advert and you see these women standing there. They're showing these ten you know women lead today. They don't want to have children or, or three or four. They might have one or two and that. So I think everything's changed, Lindsay. It really has. But the consequences are the, the only thing now which 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 I also wanted to bring up is that the older people have got the money. You know, and yeah, the uh, silver dollar. they're not going to spend. Yeah, they're not going to spend. They're just going to invest. So there's always that kind of money around or that money will, you know, stay with them. I think when they do die, it's going to go to a younger population. They're going to go wild well, and think, spend. <laughs> a small population, God, David. Think about this. Way. A smaller population. <laughs> so you, you have a situation where it used to be like, you know, a grandparent would give some money out. It would be a mm. big thing. But it would be split around 10, 20 little grandkids out there. You can, you can imagine nowadays a scenario where one child gets the effective yeah. life savings yeah. of four people. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and you are talking about uh, at the, there's a, obviously you can understand, it's, I have a lot of uh, you know, interest in this particular topic. I think it's somewhere around uh, the, the baby boomers are one seventh of the population. They have something like about 70 or $80 billion of wealth, a trillion dollars of wealth. Ridiculous amounts of wealth. They're, the, they're one of the richest like, groups ever in history, you know what I mean? And when they pass away, remember they hit peak retirement roundabout now, so they're heading down towards the, 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 the end, you know what I mean? Baby boomers are from like you know, the 1945 to about the 19, early 60s, something like that, yeah, or late 50s, something like that. That group has basically accumulated huge amounts of wealth. That wealth is passing on to the elderly people, uh, to young people right now. That's one of the reasons people are saying that uh, the U.S. Uh, labor force participation rate is falling, because a lot of people are getting like these multi-million dollar you know, endowments from their from their grandparents, and uh, when the grandparents pass away, and why do you want to go work when you have this huge fortune? <laughs> and, 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 and so, yeah, that, that is another uh, factor that has to be played into account. So it's not just going to be they were not just going to be uh, sure. uh, as well. It's not just going to be uh, finance. It's going to be the entire world. You, we don't know what a world looks like. We don't know how a world functions when there are so few young people compared to the total population. It's yeah. a very interesting thing we, we're talking about now because if you're if you're a demographer uh, and I would I would if I was an asset management company I would employ you and and say right we've got to focus on demography now for the for the long long term and Viv this will resonate with you because oh, it was a few decades ago now there was an analysis done by some advertising company uh, there was um, in India there was this huge billboard campaign uh, because they wanted people to to to, to Indian people. To, to, to boost their, their, their families. I don't know why, but I mean, it seemed they were doing all right to, to, to me, you know, with, with making more children. But anyway, there was this, there was, there was, there were two posters. One had a picture of a family with only two children uh, mm -hmm. and uh, looking happy and everything, having, and having a big bowl of rice and lentils and everything. In other words, an abundance of food. And the next poster, right next to it, juxtaposed on this one, was uh, a family with six children and not so much food. And the, the, <laughs> the attitude was towards these two was look at these people with only two children. That's really, really... Look how much better. Yeah, uh -huh. they're, uh, they're, they're, it's really sad that they've only got two and these other people are happier because they've got six or, or something like that. So demo uh, d demographics, Viv, I think is very, very important for the super long-term asset management industry. No, not super long. We're talking, uh, uh, here's a stat that will blow your mind. I mean, both of you guys. Yes. Uh, by 2035, right? Uh, Africa will add more people to, to the working age population 
the rest of the world combined two in basically a decade and two years three three years mm. so so you're talking about a little over a decade africa will be adding two workers right in terms of two, two people at working age population net to the rest of the world combined that is a dramatic change to how the world functions you know you assume that young people have the talent and the energy and whatnot uh, it's either going to be the world's greatest opportunity or an absolute nightmare if you guys are not given opportunities. You know what I mean? If you have like the Nigerian 90-year-old rulers at the time, it's going to be a disaster. But yeah. And, and, so, and when you think it's like, you know, decades on, it's, it's 10 The only good news for me is a headline. <laughs> You're going to be dead <laughs> before this. I just saw a Bloomberg. It says. Alzheimer drugs are arriving, uh, but they won't be risk-free. David, you, of all the people in the world, or of all the people I've ever spoken to, you're going to be the one that proves that Alzheimer's it doesn't exist because you're constantly, constantly pestering people and you keep your mind uh, active. And, and talking about you, I don't know what you are, actually. We'll come to that in a second, but you're not a millennial. You're not a baby boomer. You're not a, a, a Zedder or Viv, whatever it is. You're talking about Viv. No, I'm talking about you. I don't know what you are. No, I'm a baby boomer. Baby what a baby boomer. How can you? Yeah, 90, post-war. Post-war, oh. 1945. No. Yeah, to about 90. Yeah, no. no. So baby I was born boomers are 50s and 60s. You're not a baby boomer. You're something else. You're like a war no, boomer or something. No, I wasn't predated. <laughs> no. I mean, you only get to, you only get to the, the post-baby boomer age, I think, by like the 60s. So, exactly. yeah, if you're born like 45, early 60s, I think you're a baby boomer. And I think, oh. David, you are in the 1950-something, 1950? 47. 47, yeah, definitely, baby boomer. You define it. Yeah, I define. Sure, it was after, you know, after the war and uh, everybody moved into Levittown, remember that? And uh, that's yeah. when they were all born, which was in New Jersey, I think. Levittown was the first. They moved out the city, out of Manhattan. They built these suburbs, you know, which uh, everybody caught the train into work with their little... Like the Truman Show with, with, with Jim Carrey. It was a little suburb mm. that they built. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. You're a baby boomer. I'll, I'll give you that. No. I still don't believe it, but I'll say it because we're on a podcast. Um, on the JC today, my top. <laughs> I, I won't even talk about what Viv is because he's he's a baby boomer and he's just had a baby and he's booming. So I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the upside, on the JC today, Coronation Fund managers up six point six percent. Montauk up five and a third. HCI up five and a third as well. Tungela, after a torrid time, is up nearly 4% on the day, and Karoo up 2.1%. On the downside, Richemont down 4.1%, Industrial REIT down 3 That's a, Just on that one, I, there's been a bit of a sell-off in luxury stocks. Okay. Richemont, Montclair, and that. And there's a, there's a conference in, the, in um, I think, Paris now, a luxury conference, and somebody must have spoken and said that, you know, in America, things are slowing down, so... Hermes and LVMH and Montclair have all been knocked today, including um, including Richemont. So that's a backdrop. It's been one of the weak areas in the European market. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no I know it's a big part market. of your portfolio, so of course you're being selfish. Yeah. <laughs> Industrial REITs down um, 3.9%. Impala Platinum sure. down 3.8%. Naspers down 3.4%. DRD Gold down 3.4%. Uh, Viv or David, any other stocks outside of those ones I've just mentioned that caught your eye today that is worthy of note? Uh, Viv, anything well, you've seen? Did you mention Implats? Yes, yeah, down uh, 3.8%. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, platinum is under a bit of pressure at the moment here. So, you, 
it, it implies it's actually been down, you know, quite uh, substantially uh, uh, last little while here. So if you look at the peak, you know, of, of implants, say over the last say, uh, say, say year, last year or so, if you look at it from say last year January till now, it's down like a thirty thirty percent. So it's quite a, a big pullback uh, on that company. Yeah. Okay. Just just noted. Very good. Yes. Oh, and and maybe maybe worth looking at. Go on. Yeah. LVMH as well. LVMH last in the last year, you know, this is a bit of a pullback. LVMH price is up almost fifty percent in the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, a bit of a cooling down. I don't think it's a reversal, but it's just a cooling down of what has yeah. been an incredible run. David uh, on yeah. the LVMH story, which is your favourite luxury brand stock? I do like LVMH. I like Ferrari as well. Mm. Those are my two. Okay, totally they, good. they're under pressure. I, I, you know, you know the the only thing is that uh, on on the counter side, it's yeah, the U, the US might be slowing down, but I think Asia's picking up and travel is picking up. So I don't think the story is over. It's, but it needed some kind of uh, cooling down. I'm not. It's there's nothing to get you know scared about. There's something quite interesting going on, and this is again, I'm I'm rambling here, but uh, the uh, I was reading an article from uh, some travel magazine or something to say that the demand for business class and first class tickets on yeah. airlines is going through the roof at the moment, and they even yeah. you know they mothballed those Airbus A380s, those giant double decker aircraft. They're unmothballing them now because they have the uh, facility to to take all the first class and business class mm. travellers that the smaller aircraft uh, don't. So people are going out there and spending, whether it lasts or not, yeah. I don't know, yeah. but they're certainly doing so. David, give us the uh, closing JSC indices, please. We came down badly. I mean, we were down 1.56% today, mm. 7.6748, with sell-off right across the board. You know, everything was hurt, was hurt today. So um, the one the one element is that so um, we had resource prices down. So you've got your resource index down about one and a quarter percent with uh, gold and platinum shares, as Viv said, you know, under a bit of pressure. And then in this uh, luxury story, you know, mm. consumer discretionary down three and a half percent, which is mainly Richemont, so the industrial index, industrial 25 down 2.3 percent. And then, you know, banks and financials also run a little bit of pressure, but right across the board um, was, uh, you know, uh, shares were a lot weaker. You mentioned the main ones. Yes. The activity... Yeah, volumes just under twenty again. You know, we've been we've oh, been good. battling here. Mm. Mainly gold shares, gold fields and Anglo Gold and of course Naspers uh being the main traders. Okay. Um S P five hundred as we speak, and um, before I come to my final question. S P down point three percent at forty one ninety three, let's call it. Now then, occasionally, gentlemen, you have your heart in your head and occasionally they come against each other and you say, well, no, my heart says this, but my head says, well, I look at the income statement and I look at results and all that sort of stuff and the number crunches come together. But uh, Viv, do you ever get a feeling that something is going to happen that you can't categorize? You actually say, I don't know what it is, but I think it's going to happen. Do you ever get that feeling or are you too analytical and academic for that? Uh, I, I I do think something's happening right now in the world. There we go. Uh, yeah, I look at it. it it's uh, what they call it—the poly crisis or the multi crisis or the macro crisis or whatever it is. Uh, but I mean, if you look at just how things have been for the last little while, we are living in interesting times. And as the Chinese say, that's a pretty much a curse. You know what I mean? <laughs> living in interesting times. 
Uh, and yeah, but we are definitely living in interesting times at the moment. I think we are uh, seeing tech stuff happening. We see political stuff happening. Demographic changes, like I mentioned. Um, yeah, there is something definitely afoot, not just locally but globally as well. Very good. I like that, David. Please, your, your always, heart it, and head. You're, 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 you're I, a passionate my, man. But it's yeah, not but always, my yeah. my head is driven by what I read. So that in those instincts will come from uh, from headlines, and I think they they influence your thinking more so than looking at the raw numbers. Um, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little uneasy now over what's happening in the United States. I don't like how the politics is unfolding there. Yeah. I don't like McCarthy. I don't, you know, that's always a worry uh, that something there can go wrong. You know, we stretch these things out, and I, I just wish the U.S. would just get their act together and, uh, you know, sort out the politics. I don't know if it's going to happen because I can't see any worthy leaders emerging the last thing on earth as i said last night we want trump but that that to me is always they could take control they could do something big but they just haven't got the people because there's too much internal strife and hate and uh, part partisanship here uh, the latest poll, I think, for Harv- from uh, harvard caps harris poll or something in the u.s has trump beating biden at the moment by seven percent my god that's yeah, really, right. really so, scary. And on that scary note, let's scary. leave it, gentlemen. It was an extended time, but it was, again, as always, a fascinating chat. That was the five o'clock shadow populated by Viv Governor from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Assassin Securities in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.